0: The word of the Lord that we consider together this morning is today's gospel from Matthew chapter 18. In the name of Jesus Christ, dear fellow believers, forgiven and forgiving. In the Apostles' Creed, we declare, I believe in the forgiveness of sins. What do we mean when we say that? Are we saying that we depend on God to be forgiving? That he will give up any claim that he could have against us for our sins? Yes, we are saying that. And even more than that, when we say that we believe in the forgiveness of sins, We agree that forgiveness is not only for us, but for others too. We are saying that we believe in forgiving those who sin against us. Do we believe that? Do we let go of hurt and anger? Or do we still find ways to show displeasure? To let someone know that we remember what they did. Do we believe in the forgiveness of sins? And does it matter if we do or don't forgive others? As today's reading begins, Jesus' disciple Peter had a question. He said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? What do you think of Peter's offer? If someone does or says something that is hurtful, it can be hard to forgive even one time, can't it? And if it happens again and again, it becomes increasingly more difficult. Peter's offer to forgive up to seven times seems extra generous until we hear Jesus' answer. He said, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. It can also be translated 70 times seven. Either way, what is Jesus saying? He's not giving us permission to stop at 77 or even at 490. If God stopped forgiving us, at either of those points, we would have run out of forgiveness a long time ago. As God continues to forgive us, we are not to run out of forgiveness to share with others. Jesus told a story about the need for forgiveness and the necessity to forgive. A king had servants who owed him money. One of those servants owed him 10,000 bags of gold. This amounted to many, many millions of dollars. He was hopelessly in debt. Someone calculated that it would take an average worker at that time 164,000 years to earn the amount to pay that back. The king ordered that he and his family be sold into slavery. He fell on his knees, and he begged, asking for patience and promised to pay back everything. He was promising the impossible. But nevertheless, the king took pity on him and canceled his debt. He walked away completely free of the obligation of those many millions of dollars. That huge, crushing burden of debt was lifted away completely from him. How do you think you'd feel if something like that happened to you? If your bank zeroed out your car loan or your home loan How would you feel to be free of that obligation? Now, think of a much larger debt being forgiven, like the servant in Jesus' story. What would that feel like? I hope you don't have to try to imagine that, because that has happened for you and for me. Each one of us had a debt that we could never repay a debt that becomes greater day by day. It is the debt of sin that we owe to God for every wrong word, for every disobedient action, for every evil thought. If you would try to add up all of your sins, which we know is not even possible, how much would that debt with God amount to? And then with each sin of every passing hour, that debt continually becomes greater. Like that billboard somewhere in New York City where our national debt is listed and continually escalating. What if God would say, it's time for you to pay up? What could we offer to him? We have nothing valuable enough to pay for even a few of our sins. We could not call God unfair if he ordered us into eternal slavery of suffering and shame and regret for the wrongs that we have done. That is what our sins have earned. What hope do we have? only to fall before him. To ask him to have pity on us in our huge, impossible-for-us-to-pay debt. We did that earlier in the worship service. You remember those words, I am by nature sinful. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. I am truly sorry for my sins Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I pray that whenever we speak those words, that we remember the debt of sin that we owe to God. And a little later in the service, we will recall that need again when we pray, forgive us our trespasses. Let's always remember our debt of sin each time we pray that. And what does God do about our debt? He has compassion. He forgives. He cancels the debt and no longer holds it against us. He tells us that he chooses to forget our sins and to remember them no more. That there is no sin too big for him to forgive. So what happens to that debt of our sin? Debts can't just disappear into thin air. If somebody owes you money, and you kindly tell them that they don't have to pay you back, well, then you're agreeing to pay the cost yourself. And when God cancels the debt of our sin, it is only possible because he pays the debt himself he did so by sending his own son to save and redeem us from sin it cost jesus every moment of his earthly life with intense effort to overcome satan's temptations so that he would earn the righteousness that we need it cost him every wound that he suffered It cost him each drop of blood that he shed until the entire debt of sin was covered as he died on the cross in our place. Jesus paid it all. God the Father has accepted his payment. He's canceled the debt. He does not. Treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. He's removed our sins from us as far away as the east is from the west. This is all his undeserved, unearned love. From God who promises, as far as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. So like that servant in Jesus' story, you are sin debt free. Not one remains on the record of your life. Peace and joy are yours in the assurance that you have a good standing with your God. And that's all his work, his gifts. How does that impact your life? Take another look at the servant in Jesus' story. That servant walked away debt-free. And he went and found a fellow servant who owed him a hundred silver coins worth several thousand dollars, still a decent amount, but it was not even one percent of the value of the big debt that the king had just forgiven him. And did he walk up to that servant and say, you won't believe how incredibly generous the king has been. He canceled this huge debt of mine, so I will gladly forgive you the much smaller debt that you owe me. That's not what happened. He grabbed him by the neck and demanded payment. His fellow servant said, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Had the man thrown into debtor's prison to work to pay off that debt. And the other servants saw what had happened and they were shocked. We would have been too, wouldn't we? We would have joined them in going to the king and saying, this simply is not right. It is not fair for him to not even forgive a little, even after he's been forgiven so much. And the king would say, you're right. But have you done better? Have you always forgiven others? Have we? Do we let go of anger and no longer hold grudges? Or do we keep waiting for times that we can remind others of what they've done to us in the past? Do we keep lists of the failures and the frailties of others so that we can feel better about ourselves or feel that we have the right not to forgive them because, after all, they're not going to change anyhow? Do we... Try to make others earn forgiveness before we will grant it. What can the king say to us but the words that he spoke to that servant, you wicked servant? I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? God says that it's necessary for us to show mercy. That we must forgive because he has forgiven us first. If we refuse to forgive others, we are despising his forgiveness. No matter the sins that others do to us, that debt is always small compared to the death of sin that we owe to God. And as God forgives us repeatedly, unconditionally, we are to forgive others just as God in Christ has forgiven us. Forgiveness from the heart, sincerely given, Jesus says, is one of the identifying characteristics of his people. When we forgive others, we are thanking God for the forgiveness that he has given us. We have been forgiven to share his forgiveness with others. The devil wants us to think that we have the right not to forgive. Perhaps there's someone who refuses to forgive you. And maybe when you happen to see them, they either pretend not to see you or they look away. And they want you to hurt. And it does. But aren't they hurting themselves far more? Aren't they locking themselves in that prison where sins need to be paid for forever and ever? Don't go back to that place. Jesus set you free. From there, never ignore the high price of compassion and mercy that God has paid to forgive us and to forgive others, too. In today's first Bible reading, Joseph's brothers were afraid. They had sold him into slavery over stupid family squabbles when he was young He ended up as a slave in Egypt, and he was falsely accused and unfairly imprisoned. And then through an unexpected chain of events, he became a powerful official in the Egyptian government. And he could easily have ordered his guards to imprison or execute his brothers. But instead, he said, Am I in the place of God? It was not his place to condemn his brothers and to make them pay for their sins. He would not stay in that place of anger and resentment and refusal to forgive, not after God had so graciously forgiven him and them too. In thanks to God's forgiveness, he freely forgave his brothers and he set them free. From the prison of their guilt. I pray that that is what you and I want for those who sin against us. Forgiveness doesn't mean that trust is automatically fully restored. Forgiveness doesn't mean that sins aren't serious. Forgiveness doesn't mean that the pain we feel isn't real. Because every sin is big, impossibly big for us or for others to ever pay off, but not for God. He has had compassion on us. He's paid the price for our sin himself. He's canceled the debt of our sin and He sets us free to forgive others just as in Christ He has forgiven us. By God's grace, We are his forgiven people. So let's live like that. When we believe in the forgiveness of sins, we know we are forgiven to be forgiving for our Savior's sake. Amen.